we all know someone who has gone through a divorce and maybe we've even done it ourselves or perhaps even been there for our friends. The one constant, no matter how amicable or otherwise, this is a tough thing for everyone to go through. We're talking homes, investments, assets, debt, kids, pets. It all comes under the spotlight, but throwing a successful business into the mix can make a tough time even tougher. Whether it's on the cards for you or a friend that you care about, there are some things that you can do to make a tough time less tough. So I'm talking with Peppy Kish from Balance Family Law. The reason I wanted to talk to Peppy about this, well, her overwhelming drive and goal is to normalize a kind and collaborative approach to dispute resolution. And who doesn't want to see more of that in the world? So let's dive into it. If you're an ambitious business owner ready to think big, rewrite your own rules and take action to skyrocket your business know-how, your profit, your cash flow, and most importantly, your free time, then this is the podcast for you. You're listening to the Simply Smarter Numbers podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Waterson. I'm a business profit coach helping business owners just like you make more profit and take back their time. So hit subscribe now and let's dive in. So welcome to the podcast, Peppy. Hello, Jen. Great to be here. Thank you. Very happy to have you here. I, I have to start off by saying that this is a, like a little note to my husband. I am perfectly, wonderfully happy with our marriage and this uh-huh. is not like some sort of research for a divorce, but we're talking to you, a divorce lawyer, essentially. Tell us about your business, Peppy. Of course. Okay. So I'm Peppy and I'm the director of Balance Family Law, which is a virtual law firm, but we have a base in Canberra and we specialize in working with couples who are committed to resolving their dispute amicably. And if they've already reached an agreement, we have a terrific service called Forward that helps them to make that agreement official uh, with very little sort of, you know, assistance from us or as much as they need. We call it our yeah. daily sort of service. So yeah, that's what we love doing at Balance. We also yeah. offer estate planning and conflict coaching uh, as well in addition to the traditional family law stuff. Yeah. And I love the way you guys approach things. You're very committed to uh, having those that amicable resolution. I think that's so, so important. And that's really why I what I've noticed with you guys is that really standout commitment to the amicable solution when it comes to divorce. And let's face it, when we're talking businesses and, you know, my listeners are business owners, we all know someone who's either gone through a divorce or maybe you've done it yourselves, you've seen your friends go through it. When there's a business involved as well, I kind of wanted to talk to you today about how it is we can make it more know less tough less tough because running a business is hard enough let alone having divorce proceedings and things going on in the background that can get really ugly and nasty so if we are going through that kind of awful turmoil in our lives or you know someone who is what what is it that we can do to sort of make it a bit easier for ourselves is it just as simple as trying to be amicable is trying enough 
Well, oh, I think trying is a really good first step. But when a client comes to see me, the first thing I say to them is, okay, you're, you've come to see me and you're desperate for some legal advice, but just hold that thought for a moment because we're going to take a few steps back and I want to hear your story and I'm going to listen. And then we're going to talk about, I guess, your emotional state, your mindset, where your head's at at that point. And after we do that, then I'm going to say, all right, are you ready for the legal advice? Or perhaps should we first wait so that this sort of process can also happen with the other party? The reason we like to do that is a person who's separating is only one half. The other half, of course, is the ex and together they have a complete story. So we're very careful when we work with clients to say, look, I could give you all this advice and tell you all these things about what your rights and entitlements may be based on your perspective and your your retelling of your personal story. And that's all well and good, but the other person has perspective too and they have their own point of view and sometimes and most of the time actually it's best to get the fourth picture before we start giving you advice and telling you or even advising you what might be the best thing to do so Mm. that's the old adage isn't it there's your side of the story my side of the story and then there's the truth so absolutely absolutely what better place to start than for you as an independent consultant basically to stand back and gather all of the information and make your your opinion form your opinion on where it is that this family are at and perhaps what's the best way forward for them absolutely and we work with our clients to own their story and own you know the the process we provide support and guidance we're not there to take their problem we work alongside them giving them as much or as little help as they need to reach that amicable outcome and you know achieve their goals because often when Mm. a client comes to see us they come to balance family law for a reason they've seen about us they've heard about us they've looked at our social media and they've said okay I like the look and feel of that and one of my goals is to stay friends with my ex or to, you know, make sure we don't end up in court and things get really nasty. We want to be able to be a great mum and dad to our kids and co-parent them together. So, you know, the clients that tend to be attracted to the work that we do are really committed to uh, transitioning from a married relationship to a separated relationship, particularly when there's kids involved. Yeah, yeah, great. What extra difficulties come along with a divorce that involves a business. Let's just say it's a successful business. Maybe it's a husband and wife actually operating a business together. Do you do you often see that from where you sit, businesses kind of being sort of stuck in the middle of I mean, yes, there's a lot of children often stuck in the middle and we will touch on that, but do you have to do you often see that businesses stuck in the middle of it? Well, it's funny, you know, because when I started my business, I said, this is your third baby. And we often refer to the business as the new baby that takes so much of our time, is really needy, but we're also really passionate about it. Uh, And so, yeah, absolutely. We've worked with people who are in business together and also for just the one person who is a successful business owner. And on the flip side, the partner of the person who's on Um, who's a successful business owner. So we've seen it from all perspectives. And there's absolutely some challenges because a business 
is seen as an asset of the relationship. When people separate, the first thing we do with them is say, okay, let's identify all the assets and debts that uh, form the asset pool, what each of you um, own together, even legally separately, and we put that in the asset pool and then we sort of determine how that should be divided between you. So an asset uh, includes a business and the business must be attributed a value. Now, if the couple agree on that value, and they can, absolutely. Mm. This is where it gets tricky is finding that true value. Yeah, but if they can't, uh, you know, that can sometimes be tricky. And we've got one at the moment where we're just working with the accountant actually to come up with a valuation because uh, it's a process that we're we're going through with this particular family where we're not going to court, we're doing something called collaborative law, which I'll talk about later. Uh, so we don't actually need a formal business valuation uh, that can then be used at court if, if things get really contentious. But often we do advise, particularly if it's a tricky a more complex business, um, a business that's been around for a long time, particularly if there's other shareholders or it's a partnership, to get that valued and we work with forensic accountants who do that and offer, you know, different tiers of valuation. Mm. How important are those relationships with your accountant, with the other the other parties that are intrinsically involved in coming up with things like values and the those that are giving advice? Oh, absolutely important because sometimes clients come to us and they go, right, this is the family lawyer, she'll solve everything for us. And we're like, mm, we're not accountants. And when we get a tricky business situation brought before us, what we do is we know what our limitations are and we engage the right professional to help us. So in uh, separation, one thing that is super important is the duty of financial disclosure. So both parties to a separation owe the other uh, a duty or they're obliged to provide full and frank financial disclosure of their assets. And that includes everything about the business. So often the business owner, you know, more often, particularly if it's a very successful business, they have their finance team, they have accountants doing all that Mm. stuff. They don't just have all that information and they may not even have their head around it. So it's really good uh, for us to work with those accountants that work with that business and they can provide us with all the financial statements, the tax, the BAS, the deeds, the trust, the bank records, everything that needs to be disclosed. And because the duty is ongoing, they can keep us updated and they can let us know if anything is changing or if there are going to be any issues with certain steps that we might take to affect uh, to affect uh, division of assets. So, uh, for example, uh, say there's some money, and this is a client we have at the moment, you have money in a, in a joint bank account and that money has become intermingled with the funds of the family. They've, for whatever reason, operated a single bank account. And then, of course, uh, one party says, okay, as part of my settlement, I'd like an amount of cash. And the our client says, yeah, I'm happy to give that to you. But we have to go through the accountant to make sure that there aren't going to be uh, tax consequences or, you know, what's the best way to do it so that both parties aren't stung with a tax, you know, bill. Yeah, there can be a lot of implications there, whether it's selling down certain um, assets within the business in yep. order to be able to finance 
payouts, but no. then, yeah, what are the, is there capital gains issues involved there? Will it create a ta- an income tax liability? There are so many different things so that need to come things. into play. And we as lawyers, we might have a, a pretty good understanding, but we would never, ever, or you shouldn't ever mm. uh, do those things without uh, consulting the, the appropriate professionals. So we yeah. always work very closely with accountants where there's business interests involved, absolutely. Yeah, it's a team. It's teamwork that yeah. um, gets it across the line. So these things, I'm imagining, they can draw out. Well, I know they can because I've seen it um, over my experience working with businesses for the last twenty years as an accountant. Absolutely. They can draw out for a really, really long time, and it's always sad when you see something like a divorce being drawn out for so long because we know, we all know that the only ones that really benefit from that at the end of the day are the legal teams because they're making a lot of money out of it. Now, am I being harsh in saying that? What's your opinion on on exactly that, the long drawn out affairs that potentially don't need to be so long and drawn out? Well, yeah, I'm openly critical of, of certain lawyers who uh, see a family or meet somebody who is, you know, quite well doing well financially uh, and they see it as an opportunity to drag matters out Uh, it does happen I've seen it happen firsthand and there's a vulnerability business owners are vulnerable if you have money uh, a lot of these firms some of the bigger firms have very high overheads very big teams they are you know, reliant on a high percentage of their matters ending up in court, um, litigation, mm. okay? And litigation is extraordinarily ex- expensive, mainly because you really lose control. Uh, the courts come in and they dictate what happens and everybody's responding to that. So it's not a proactive approach, it's a very reactive one. And everybody always feels on the back foot and that they're always having to, you know, jump through another hoop, give more information, it's such a draining process. Sometimes very um, certain situations it is required, but most of the time it's not. So, yes, there are lawyers uh, out there who will advocate for court, but sometimes lawyers inadvertently, you know, they might have, you know, their heart's in the right place. They really want to help uh, this family. But the way the court system is really designed is to set parties up as adversaries, as dad versus mum, husband versus wife, almost in a contest to see, okay, who who gets the most points to get the, the largest slice of the, of the pie? You know, who will get 70% to who will get 30% depending yeah. on, you know, the contributions that each of them have made, financial and non-financial, and their respective future needs. And a business comes into that because I think you've probably heard it before, so of many of the listeners, but the most valuable asset is the ability to create income. And if a business is successful, it will be seen and given a high value. And of course, if you've got that business, it's not something like a house that you can live in. Well, you would hope you're not having to go and live in your business. You can't just withdraw money from it, as we talked about just before. So it's kind of this, it's this wonderful thing. It, it gives you the opportunity to, get to earn, you know, sometimes a very solid income, but it's not the same as a house. It's not even the same as super. And clients can feel, well, what am I going to do? I've just got this business and it's got a high value. Does that mean the other party keeps everything else? And it's really important to work with, 
parties at this point in time to sort of say, okay, let's forget about this pie that we're going to divide in half and decide who gets what percentage because no one's going to be really helpful, particularly if there's a business involved or happy rather with that approach. So what we like to do at Balance and what is very different to traditional lawyers who sometimes inadvertently, as I say, create a conflict that ends up in court is we work with clients to think about what their needs are, what their interests are, and what would be an outcome that would see them in a good enough position and also see the other party, their their ex, in a good enough position so that moving forward, they're both going to be okay. And that might mean that even though the business is given a high value, the other party says, well, okay, I'm happy to give you some more cash and then perhaps because you have the benefit of a higher income, you might pay me some money for a few years. I mean, all sorts of things. We look at creative options. We work every type of option and we don't think about percentages. We forget about all of that. We think about needs and what the ultimate goal is. And as I said, I love how you say that it's really important for not only you to be in a good position, but also the other party to be in a good position because we don't often think about that during a divorce. It's the other party's position and their ongoing financial situation is often at the lower end of our priority list. But if you have children, for example, with that other party, do you really want their dad to be bringing them up with less than an ideal financial position or vice versa, their mother to be bringing them up with less than an ideal financial position just so that you do get to tick that box and say, I won, I got more? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it comes back to the goals. A lot of the time, even even clients that are at loggerheads will acknowledge that they would like to have a good post-separation relationship with their ex. And taking a different approach, an interest-based approach, is more likely to preserve or even rebuild that. Taking an adversarial or the traditional approach, which is the approach that most traditional lawyers in the family law space will, will take them through, will see them set up Uh, as adversaries and in quite a combative environment where they each have to sort of outperform the other to say, well, I did more, my needs are greater than yours, you've got this, I don't. And it becomes a blame game and it becomes really icky, really. It's not pleasant and it's not pleasant for the lawyers either. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about about preparing for it? Is there anything in particular that we can do if divorce is potentially on the cards, if you, if any of our listeners are kind of thinking, oh, things are not really working out for me in my own personal life, or I have a friend who is really struggling with their personal life, is there anything that they can do to prepare or perhaps there, there really isn't? Oh, absolutely. So there's, there's a number of ways you can prepare. And I'll start with people who aren't yet separated. So if you have a successful business and you're married or in a relationship or about to embark on a relationship that's de facto or a marriage, then think about uh, a binding financial agreement, which you probably heard about is, you know, known as a prenup if it happens before you're married. But prenups or binding financial agreements can actually happen at any stage of the relationship. And I am passionate about a very well-drafted 
um, binding financial agreement, which I'm going to call a BFA from now on because it's a bit of a mouthful to say the full, mm. the full term. But BFAs are great uh, and especially if you are in a relationship and you're in good terms and you're communicating really well, you care about each other uh, and as a business owner you should, you know, be managing risk all the time. So you're in a good position to sort of say to your partner, look, I've got this business, life happens, divorce happens. Look, we don't want that to happen to us. We're not planning for that. But the sensible thing to do for my business, particularly if you've got other shareholders and all types of other things, other people to think about, is let's talk about what might happen in the event we separate. Because as if, you, if you're a director of a company, as you know, you have obligations to that company, that doesn't matter they don't go away if you're getting a job yeah you have a duty to the other directors and to the company and to do what's best for them so a bfa is a really good way to do that and it can take into account what might need to happen in the event of separation and it can say okay the business could be attributed this value and these are the steps we might need to do if it's like 25 years by the time we separate to make sure that this agreement will stand the test of time. So it's a document that shouldn't just be a template that you get from the internet and, you know, you insert a bit of information. It is a very considered thought through document, well thought through document that contemplates some things that could go wrong along the way and has a remedy for each one. Um, within the actual agreement. It factors in the future needs of both parties at the end of the relationship and how any issues or any disadvantages that either party might face could be resolved. You can't create a perfect world, but it's a good attempt. It's a good way and it's a good acknowledgement that both parties at one point were very committed to making sure they were going to, both going to be okay and the BFA can help them do that in the event they do separate which of course we hope they don't yeah how do how do people take it how does the other party typically take that is it something that they need to come together with and say okay let's go together and create this bfa but you see on the movies things like prenups and things like that they cause all sorts of fights and arguments is that just in the movies or is that for real it's for real we've got a few at the moment and we've got a business owner at the moment we actually act for his wife and understandably so of course I mentioned before this duty of financial disclosure so COVID's happened and it's been a tough time for his business so understandably he feels a little bit defensive about his financial situation and you know there's a sensitivity around that and we need to work through that and 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 give him an opportunity to explain why things are the way they are and why they want to do things the way that they're doing so Yeah, nobody really wants to strip everything bare, put it all out there and imagine, okay, in the worst possible situation, what do we do? It's hard. And there is a stigma around prenups and BFAs for good reason. A lot of lawyers are really scared of them, but we embrace them because we see them as an opportunity for clients really to take control of their destiny, of their future and keep the peace and, and really be sensible and smart and manage risk effectively. So we embrace them and we are really working to try and change the mood around BFAs and prenups as an effective tool uh, in your business, in your estate plan. Yeah, just 
yeah, it's it's a great. I can't. I'm very excited about them. We'll have to talk about them, you know, in more detail one day. But yeah, if drafted well, and the emphasis is drafted well, because we've seen so many on our desks that it have not been, and they pose a risk not only for the the clients who have entered into that BFA, but also for the lawyers who have drafted them. So yeah, they're not an easy document to draft, but when done well, very effective. Very effective and worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Otherwise as well, if you're in your business, you should make sure that your shareholders agreement and your partnership agreement contemplates what might happen in the event of divorce and separation. Um, Obviously, there's trigger events and how those trigger events are managed. So it's really good to get advice from a good business lawyer and forensic accountant about those things. Uh, Don't just slap together a shareholders agreement and hope for the best. Make sure. And this is where you would be covering things like, because it's not just all about the money. It's not just about placing a, a value on that business which is an asset, and then just, you know, splitting it up. There may be conversations need to be had around who's going to actually continue to run the business, who's going to manage it. What if you both have integral parts to play in the business? What then happens if you're not going to work together going forward? What if you both want to keep the business and continue to operate it yourself? So there's a, I'm guessing that's where all of this sort of comes into play. Absolutely. Practicalities. Absolutely. Just like wills, people don't like to think about, you know, the dark and gloomy stuff. They just think, not out of sight, out of mind. But I think the best time to talk about those things is when you're not under that emotional pressure, uh, you know, with a shareholders agreement that's properly drafted. And if you're in business with your spouse, you're, you're communicating well while you're still together. You can really have those open and honest conversations without feeling like you're exposing too much, saying too much and potentially being too vulnerable because of, you know, the, the relationship breaking down and for whatever reason that's happened for. So it's really important to revisit your shareholders, partnerships, whatever it is, your trusts, whatever you have in your business to make sure that they will work for you, for both of you, uh, in the event that you separate. Because there are some little things that you can do that, yeah, can make things a lot easier. Is it is it reasonable? So if I'm a business owner and I'm in business with my husband and I'm thinking that I would like to put one of these agreements in place, not because I feel as though anything's going to happen in the future, but I'm just a safety girl and I want to have things out there and on the table, would it be appropriate to sort of have this overarching discussion with my partner at the same time as talking about things such as your estate planning, you know, what's going to happen, not just if we divorce, but what if one of us passes away, you know, what's going to happen? How does that look? Does that kind of soften the blow potentially when it does come time to sit down and have the conversations? So it's not just about if we get divorced, it's about what if we die as well? How can we cover all of those things all in one hit? Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, we often have conversations with clients who are, uh, if they're business owners and they've come to us for a will, um, and we will talk to them about things like the BFA, the Binding Financial Agreement, because it also is as an effective uh, estate planning tool. It documents the intentions and it can really help uh, if, you know, when when one party dies uh, with issues that can arise 
at the end of that with other family, new spouses, other, you know, children, all sorts of things like that. The BFA is a really good record of the intentions of the parties. Yeah, great. So we've got BFAs, we've got shareholders agreements. Is there anything else that's kind of a bit of a standout there that we should all consider having in our business? Uh, I think always that the communication. I mean, it seems uh, perhaps a bit obvious to say, but transparency is very important. So often, um, not not so often these days, but in the past, we dealt with quite a number of uh, families where one party would come to see us and it, the other had a business and they'd say, I knew nothing. I didn't know any of this was happening. And and that doesn't help uh, when you're trying to resolve things amicably because trust is is affected. So they've had an understanding through the entire relationship that the business was one thing and when they separate and they see all the documents, they see that it was something else. So it's not obvious to say it needs to be said. If your partner isn't involved in the business, it's important that they at least have an understanding of it Uh, because when you separate, if you separate, if, uh, you're going to have to disclose everything as far back as records go potentially. So should match up yeah. or else you're going to potentially have trust issues and you know it, it just makes things easier at the end and if both people have a good understanding of what's actually going on all the time mm, yeah great advice what about as we're moving through the process is like is there anything we should avoid is there anything to look out for if we're talking to certain solicitors or if we're talking to friends or if we're we're starting to move through that process of a divorce. Is there anything in particular we should avoid? Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of uh, commentary from people who have had experience through their cousin's second cousin or, you know, those type of things and usually they're horror stories. Sometimes they're a good story and they end up with us because it's been about us, which is great. But um, often it's a horror story and it's something that can cause someone to feel very frightened. And when you're frightened and you act out of fear, it's often not in your best interests moving forward. So it's important to take any advice you hear from well-intentioned friends and colleagues with a grain and salt and go and get informed. Now, if you go to see a lawyer, I always say, do your research, have a look at their their website, have a look at their social media, have a look at their testimonials. How does it make you feel when you when you look at that stuff? Does it make you feel positive, um, excited about the future, or does it make you feel like, oh, I better protect myself and, you know, I need someone to fight for me? Be careful if you get that feeling um, because it doesn't have to be that way. We've worked with over 200 clients in the last two years and have only had, you know, less than a handful have to go to court and two of those had to go to court because they had a a specific issue, they, they needed litigation guardians and the other two went to court because we were getting orders to do something outside of court, in those cases arbitration and parenting coordination. So Settlement can happen peacefully. Court doesn't have to happen at all. And so think about that and be careful if you see or speak with a lawyer and they are giving you all this advice and guidance, which basically is music to your ears without even hearing what the other side have to say. 
you know, sometimes to get business, people will tell people what they want to hear. And that's not necessarily coming from a place that's a negative place. It's coming from them really wanting to help you and them wanting to see a reaction in you that is positive. Like if you go and see a lawyer and they say, yep, we're going to get everything. You're going to have a lot of money. Uh, We'll take them to the cleaners, blah, blah, blah. You might think, oh, good, I'm going to be financially stable. But I think it's a little bit reckless for a lawyer to do that too soon to be honest so I guess the good news is for us all that we can move through the process of divorce and come out at the other end being even if not friends just having enough of an amicable relationship so that the business can move on and maintain itself not be bought down by everything that's happening but not only that You've also oftentimes got children involved as well. So there's a lot to consider and to be able to walk out at the other end with a level of uh, friendship or respect or trust, it's it's worth something. Yeah. And look, uh, it's going to be difficult if there's a, a business involved, especially if both spouses are in partnership, it's going to be difficult. That's a given. Uh, Dividing that business, particularly if both people want to keep it, is going to be hard. So why make it more hard by becoming adversaries and not being careful in how you communicate with each other. Uh, I mentioned very briefly something called collaborative law and collaborative law is a team-based approach to uh, settling disputes. And I advocate it really strongly where, particularly where there are complex issues such as owning a business, particularly a successful one, because collaborative law allows the lawyers um, to work together as a team. So two legal brains working to help both parties find an outcome. And not only that, we work with other professionals. So we bring in the forensic accountants, we bring in the financial planners, whoever we need to to help make that decision uh, a good one and an informed one that will help both parties moving forward. So uh, the team-based approach is always best, particularly where there's a complex business involved. Yeah, it sounds like common sense that we should all be heading down that type of path if we're going through a tough times, you know, like divorce. But I think perhaps we just maybe assume that that's not meant to be that way, that we're meant to be arguing. It is going to be an awful thing that we're going through. We are going to come out the other hand hating each other, so we might as well get as much as we can in the meantime. And it's as though we need to just stop and take a deep breath for a moment and look around and realise, well, you know, it's 2021 now and not everybody needs to be so full of hate we can work this out together, but we just need to take a few deep breaths, potentially give up a little bit here to gain a little bit there or whatever it might be, but just be reasonable in our approach and our conversation and find ourselves the right team to do it for us. Absolutely. I'm positive and I feel the tide is changing. I think the team-based approach is really uh, gaining momentum and the days of the big adversarial firms that take you to court are numbered, quite frankly. Uh, but I think, you know, there's been that culture. It's in in the media. It's everywhere that, you know, when you divorce, it gets ugly, you go to court, it's ex- Expensive, all of that. And that's so entrenched in everyone's minds. Uh, and as collaborative lawyers, I think we have, and collaborative professionals really, I think we have an obligation to educate and change 
change that. It, it's not going to happen overnight, like they say in that panting commercial, but it yeah. will happen. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm very positive. Yeah, that's great. I've really enjoyed the conversation. How can people get in touch with you? Where can people find you? You can find us on our website, which is www.balancefamilylaw.com.au. We also have a strong presence on Instagram and Facebook, balance underscore family underscore law, I think, or will we follow each other, Jen? So if you follow Jen, you'll find us there in her followers. Uh, I'll put everything in the show notes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, just send us a DM, give us a call, send us an email, and we'll reach out. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for that advice. I feel as though divorce is a it's just going to be a fact of life for a lot of people and if we can make it a little bit less tough on people, on families, on businesses, then let's do it. You know, let's let's come out the other end better for it and not worse for it. So really happy to have that conversation with you and you also have a business partner Jono as well so between Jono and Peppy I know that you we would be very well taken care of over there at Balance Family Law so if you're looking around and need some advice then yeah definitely put your hand up and talk to these guys. And Jono's fantastic he's also an estate planning lawyer and he is the king of BFAs so absolutely I think you and Jen have to have a chat about BFAs and estate plans I think yeah that would be. Yeah we will we will definitely have to follow the conversation on because these things are really critically important whether it's going through a divorce whether it's your estate plan it's all of these things that we don't prepare for in life that can really impact us when things do sort of spin around and get a bit out of control whether it's through death divorce or whatever else happens so we will definitely have to have that conversation thanks so much for joining us it's been really enlightening so I've really appreciated we will talk again soon I have no doubt and wherever you are in the world have a wonderful week thanks very much Peppy thank you Jen it's been a pleasure Thank you for joining me for this episode of Simply Smarter Numbers. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I'd love to hear from you. Come and join the conversation online. You'll find Simply Smarter Numbers on Instagram, Facebook, and more. Just head to simplysmarternumbers.com and you'll find all that you need there. Simply Smarter Numbers is dedicated to you getting the results that you deserve in your business. And I'm honored that you tuned in.